2012, I would go out and I would minister, Chandler was just talking about it, I would minister to people and I would watch them be healed, set free and delivered. And I would go home for days in the dark, under the covers with the curtains closed. I was plagued by depression and rejection. And the main thing the enemy would try to tell me is that I was alone. He would say, yeah, 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 you do all of that. And if you were to die today, they would find another Tasha. Let me tell you something. This is the testimony. I remember being in that dark room. I remember the curtains closed. It was so dark that my roommate, who was my cousin at the time, she came and she told me, Tasha, I can't take it. I got to move out. She left and went to one of our family members' house. Dark place. I was in that dark room crying in my bed. And the Lord came to me. He said, Tasha, get up and wash your face. Rise up, girl. Rise up. Never alone, no. I got up. She got up. He said, for one thing, he said, you've been calling it the wrong thing. You're walking around saying you're depressed. This is rejection. Depression is a branch off of the root of rejection. So you've been cutting off branches, but tonight we're going to get to the root. He said, this is what I want you to say every single day. I want you to look yourself in the mirror and you say, I curse the spirit of rejection. And I receive the spirit of adoption. And every single day I walked out my deliverance. I had a revelation then that I will never forget. That I'm never alone now. Never alone now. I'm gonna stay right. I'll stay in this arms right here in the today ladies and gentlemen wow god bless each and every one of you and thank you so very much for joining with me so that i'm not alone right here on this rise up episode number 302 episode number 302 right here from the live free or die granite state of new hampshire which i am trying to make godly again so that we can make great again. How many rapture-ready people do we have in the chat? Raise your hand 
If you're a rapture-ready individual, now you don't have to have the T-shirt. You don't have to have the sweatpants. You don't have to have the long sleeve shirt or the hat. I just want to know how many rapture-ready people do we have in this chat today with smiles from this ear to this ear, with faith so far that it is as far as from the east is to the west, which just keeps going over and over and over again. I want to know how many rapture-ready people we have in the chat today, and I want to say God bless you and thank you. Now, if you're not rapture-ready, that's okay. That's okay. I wasn't rapture ready last year. I'm rapture ready now. You know what I'm saying? And now that I'm rapture ready now, the Holy Spirit is, is, is continuously feeding that campfire in my belly. You know what I mean? That spiritual campfire. That one that, uh, that, one that um, Kurt Cameron sits around, the, the, the campfire talk show, the campfire podcast. That's the campfire that's burning in my belly every day. And uh, that's how I know I'm rapture ready. And I hope you are too. And if you're not, that's okay. Spend some time here with us. And it won't be long before you are as well. Rosebud said, I was rapture ready on 12-25-1989. That is a date to remember. I have a feeling that that is when she was born again. How do you spell Shaylin's name? Very good question. S-H-A-Y. L-Y-N-N. We were going to name her Shaylin as a first, as a name, but I said, let's have her named, uh, I mean, we were going to name her Shay, and then Lynn would be her middle name, and then Harold would have been her last name, but we liked the Shaylin being one name. So her name is Shaylin Elizabeth Harold. Now, I want you guys, if you're watching on your Android or your Apple apps, update them right now, Okay. Update them right now, and I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people that were experiencing freezing during live streams, and if they have an Apple, uh, and they're watching the Rumble app through your Apple app, you're going to need to go ahead and update that app today to get rid of that problem. For those of you who have Android, and you're watching on the app, if you update your app right now, you'll be able to donate and do Rumble rants through the Rumble app on your Android phone. So that opens up the, the door to uh, more people donating uh, to LFA TV and to Rise Up and their favorite shows. Um, so make sure that you guys do that. Now, if you guys watch on the browser or something like that, then you don't have to worry about it. If you watch on the browser on your phone, uh, like I do a lot of the times, you don't have to worry about it. This is just for people who have the Apple app and you watch Rumble through that or the Android app and you watch Rumble through that. Eileen says, how do you update? Well, you go to your Play Store and you um, go to, you, to that app and it should have an update available for you on your phone. It should have an update available for you. Okay, now I know that that's not easy for everybody. You also need to make sure that your software for your device is updated. Yes, make sure that you have the latest and greatest software of your phone and of your computer and a lot of the times it isn't Rumble that's being attacked when you can't watch a show. A lot of the times it is on your end. It is a communication issue that your app or your TV or your, or your computer is having with Rumble. And, um, and that's going to happen a lot with a company that is growing as fast as Rumble is and does as many updates as Rumble needs to do. So, you know, we, we live and we learn and we just keep moving forward. So, um, 
I refuse the Apple iOS 17.3, but will update the Rumble app. There you go. So we have 1,016 people in here watching right now. The Lord is in the room. We already know that because we were just jumping around the studio, and you guys were just jumping around your living rooms for God. I got my Yahweh hat on. I got my rapture-ready shirt ready to roll. So ladies and gentlemen, I titled today's show, You Never Know. You just never know. Now, I didn't get a newsletter out this morning, and I apologize. We didn't have enough time this morning. But this is a very, very powerful message today, and it's a very, very emotional message today. So you might want to have some uh, tissues ready, some Rise Up tissues ready. You definitely want to make sure that you have rumbled the video and shared the stream. And we're going to get into the description of today's show, and then we're going to go to prayer, and then we're going to get busy, baby. Rise Up, episode number 302. You just never know. You don't know what other people are dealing with or what other people are going through. That one day that you decide to walk without God could be the day that your words and or your actions hurt them more than you'll ever know. The Bible tells us How to avoid having this happen to us and ultimately helps us not tear someone down inadvertently because of some day that we may be having. And like I said, today will be a very powerful and emotional show for some of you and for others, it'll be exactly what you need. So please help me share the gospel, not gossip today. If you're able to, please also visit JeremyHarrell.com and become a one-time or a monthly donor to our efforts here at this mainly viewer-funded network. Now, I want to get into... uh, No, we did did no newsletter this morning. No newsletter went out. Now, I want to get into uh, the verse of the day, but before we do that, I want to go to prayer. So please remove your hats if you're wearing one. And let's go to the Lord in prayer now. With this in mind, A, that he's in the room. He's right here. He's in this room with me. He's in your room with you. So keep that in mind. Know he's sitting right next to you. So when you're praying to him, he's not some, in some far off realm, in some far off once upon a time land. He's right there with you. So keep that in mind. And also, also, keep in mind You just never know. Okay? Lord and Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, we are so grateful to be able to have an open line of communication with you because of the sacrifice that not only you, but he and the Holy Spirit had to give in order for us to be able to do this, to be able to talk to you one-on-one. What an amazing, what an amazing, miraculous blessing that is. Lord, there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff in our lives that we don't even know about. Coworkers, family, friends, spouses. And we don't want to have a day 
where they could be going through something so incredibly horrific that our words caused them to be crushed or crumbled even further. There are many suicides, people that take their own lives, that don't feel worthy, that maybe that one day you could have said something to them that gave them hope and gave them life and life to get to salvation. We don't want that one day that somebody might need us to where we write them off or brush them away because we never know what somebody's going through. Today we're going to talk about that, Lord. And we pray that while you're in this room with us right now, that you will guide me using the Holy Spirit to choose my words wisely so that they are your words and not mine. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. With 1,100 people watching, make sure you guys share. Make sure your apps are updated. And let's get busy. The verse of the day today is going to come from uh, Jesus' brother, James. And I want you to go to James, um, James 1, 19 and 20. James 1, 19 and 20. And I'd also like you guys to keep in prayers. In all your prayers throughout today and the days to come for the wildfires that are going on in Texas right now. I didn't even know about them until yesterday. And I know that there's like 60 counties that have been affected or evacuated. And my heart goes out to those people because unlike Joe Biden almost losing his Corvette in an almost fire, these people are experiencing a real fire and they have to leave their homes. Kara Moore, yes, you're going to cry in this show. Now, here's my challenge to the LFA Rise Up family. My challenge to you today is to get 1,800 live eyeballs and, well, I guess that would be 3,600, wouldn't it? 3,600 live eyeballs and ear and ear uh, eardrums hearing and listening to this message today. It's not my message, it's God's. Jesus tells us that we need to preach the gospel to every creature on earth, every corner of this world. So we're going to need you to grab your tissues, grab your coffee, share often, even if God says, you know what, now it's time to share, even if you shared 20 minutes ago. Fresh eyes will bring fresh viewers. Then you can go back and delete them after. We want them here live. We want them feeling the Holy Spirit in a real, uh, in real time. So I'm going to drink a little bit of this beautiful coffee here. And let's get to the verse of the day. Again, James 1, 19 and 20. And it says this, folks. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow 
My to become dear angry. brothers and sisters. Take had a little bit of a backup there, backup our, our background audio, and we apologize for that. By the way, big shout out to producer Eli, everybody. Big shout out to producer Eli for all the beautiful graphic work that we've got going on here, giving us this nice ambiance, this nice beautiful setting to to read the word of God. Let me repeat that one more time. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And then I'll read on verse 21, which says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Which can save you. So imagine if somebody who's on the verge of suicide needed you this one moment of this one day and you could have said one thing or you could have said the other. You could have lifted them up with righteousness and planted seeds to do what? Save them. Or... You can go the other route and you can tell them how annoying they are, how they need to get their stuff together, how they need to be stronger, how they need to not be weak. And what's that going to do? Now, I understand that there's time for tough love and I understand that there's time for candid speech. But again, you never know who you're talking to. You never know who's listening You never know who's watching. God is always watching and listening. And you never know what somebody is going through. And it says in verse 21, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, I know that the person that you're speaking to, the person that you're planting seeds in, I know they have to accept it. I get that. But if you don't do your part, how are they going to do theirs? It's a two-way street here. It's a give and go. It takes two to tango. If you don't give them part one of part two, then how are they going to compound on part one for their part two? It's a give, which is first needs to be from you, and it is a receive. Thank you, Majorva. Thank you for the donors. Arthur Nettler, all of you, thank you so very much. I tore people down for 39 years of my life, maybe even 40 years, maybe beyond that. I don't know, but I know it was a majority of the, lo- of the years and the months that I've had on this planet. I tore people down, and I didn't tear people down in a way of... of um, Uh, because I wanted to be better than them. I didn't tear them down because I was a narcissist and wanted to be, to lord over them. I tore them down because I was too candid and too real and I was tore down so incredibly badly for so long that I know what it takes to build yourself back up and I just felt that everybody should have that ability. And if you didn't have that ability, you were weak, and I don't want to spend my time talking with you. 
By the way, if you've refreshed to watch and your screen is black, just wait a minute. It'll catch up. Don't keep refreshing. Just wait. It'll catch up if your screen is black. And that happened for the majority of my life. It wasn't that I wanted somebody to fail or that I wanted to succeed over somebody else. It was that I wanted to be around nothing but people who had strong conviction at heart and that could accomplish it on their own. Little did I know that all those years, I never accomplished it on my own. Nobody accomplishes it on their own. All good things come from God for those who love him. And that everything that we receive in this world that is good, that we perceive is good, that we know is good, comes from God, and we don't do it ourselves. Our very bodies that we inhabit don't even belong to us. But yet we hold them so high. We covet our bodies so much that we think we're able to do everything, and we don't understand I would tear down Christians back in the day. That's 100% correct. That's 100% correct. And now I think about this. You know how God uses people that are unlikely, unrighteous people that have committed massive amounts of destruction and chaos who have been through hell and back many times. Do you know why God uses those people? Why God uses screw-ups like me? Because we know how to scratch, scrap, claw, and get out of any situation and be able to handle any situation because of what we've been through. Imagine what we would be able to do if we used that wisdom and experience that God brought us through as a blessing for God rather than for ourselves. Imagine the people that I could have brought closer to God. Imagine the people that I could have brought out of depression, maybe saved from killing themselves. I know many people in my lives that have committed suicide had I been doing what God created me to do, using my experiences to build up and not tear down. Again, not even knowing what people are going through. I want to tell you a story. A story that I heard from a social media influencer. And it really, really, really punched me in the stomach. It really got me thinking. So let me tell you this story now. Uh, You might want to grab your uh, tissues for this one. And uh, might want to have a sip of coffee. Remember, God chooses people like that because they're capable of so much with him. If they're, so, if, they're, if they're capable of all of that without him, imagine what they'd be capable to do with him. Ready? There was this man who went to this annual church convention service. This is a real story. 
It's not a fake story. Now, when you go to these convention, these annual uh, uh, Jesus faith-baked Christian um, conventions or events or services, it, there could be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that come over a period of a couple days, depending how long it is. It's like CPAC or anything else, but for Christians. Happens all the time, right? So there was this man, and it, this is his story. And he was at this church convention, and, he, and it was during a specific service that was going on with a, uh, a pastor that was on stage, and it was basically like a church service that was happening in this one section of this convention. And during this show, or this, con- this, uh, this service, I should say, um, part of the pastor's message was to be a light in the world for people that you can visibly see are in distress. Now, we spend so much time in our lives with tunnel vision. And we're all guilty of this because we all got a life to live. We all know we got to get up in the morning. We all know that what our duties and responsibilities are to God and to our families. We all know that we've got to go to work if we're retired. We still got things to do during the day. There are things that we are responsible for doing. We know this. We've got a tunnel vision to get it done. We're working to... Um, to get home at the end of the day and, and be with our families. But that's not how things should be. We shouldn't be tunnel visioned like that. We should be looking at every day as a journey and not a destination. Oh, I can't wait to get home from work. Why? So another day can be over? Oh, I can't wait to get home. From, get home. Why? So another day can be over? What happened in that day? The day. The day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. So we, ain't, we, need, to, we need to not have tunnel vision, right? And we need to make sure that we are always aware of our surroundings, Something prison taught me very well. So that's what this guy was doing. And that's what the purpose of this message was. It was be aware of your surroundings. And if you see somebody in obvious distress, in obvious pain, pray for that person right then and there. Don't stop. Okay? So that's what the message was. So this man is standing in this service. And he's actively looking around the room to see if anybody is visibly and obviously distraught or in some kind of agony or emotional or physical pain, maybe in a wheelchair, maybe crying. And he was picking out people during this service and he was praying for them. Well, he saw this one woman, older woman with her husband, who not only had, you know, looked depleted and defeated, but he could look at this person and say, she's in agony. I don't understand why so many people are saying they're losing the show, Eli, and they can't get into the show. I don't get it. Are you having any issues? I'm reading the chat, and it's like, oh, can't watch. Black screen again. Got kicked out. Plan for me, too. I don't understand. I'll keep going, though. So he sees this woman who's in obvious agony. And so he starts praying for her. When, he done, when he's done praying for her, he looks up and looks at her, and she locks eyes. 
You know when you're in a grocery store and you lock eyes with somebody and you don't really want to talk to them and you're like, oh, I locked eyes with them. Now I have to talk to them, right? He locked eyes with her. She locked eyes with him. And at the end of the service, and everybody's saying goodbye and maybe talking to people that they might have seen before or know because in this, in this setting, there's not many people that you know. It's, it's people from all over the world. And at the end of the service, she walked up to him and her husband was talking to some other people and she kind of just stepped away from her husband just a, a few feet, he said. And she, he said that she walked up to him and she said, God told me that you are going to give me a word that is going to help me overcome my depression. Think about that. This man is praying for people in this service whom he doesn't know, whom he can visibly see her in some kind of pain or agony, He prays for this woman because she is in clear pain and agony. She comes up to him after the service. They lock eyes. She walks up to him and says, God told me to come up to you because you were going to give me a word that helped me overcome my depression. So shocked, he's sitting there and he's like, "Uh, okay, uh, well, I actually was just praying for you. I seen that you were... Feel, felt like you, look, like you looked like you were in some pain. And she goes, well, I think that's why God had me come over and, and tell you that. I'm, I, I'm sorry to make you, you know, feel weird. But God told me that you were going to give me a word that helped me overcome my depression. Now, funny thing is, and you're going to laugh at this because I did too. He said the only thing that could come to his mind The only word that could come to his mind when this woman tells him this out of nowhere is the word spaghetti. (laughs) Is the word spaghetti. And he said to himself, there is no way. Eli, that link is okay in there. That's LFA related. He said to himself, there is no way that I am going to say the word spaghetti to this lady, right? There's no way. Not going to do that. She's going to think that I'm crazy. (laughs) But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit, and we talked about this many times here on Rise Up, poking and prodding, can't get away from it. Holy Spirit trying to tell you something. God will not let you let it go. This woman comes up to him and says, hey, you're going to cure my depression in one word. God told me you were just praying for me. So the fact that I walked up to you anyway is just outrageously shocking. And now come up with a word quickly. And he says, uh, and the only thing he can think of is spaghetti. But he thinks to himself, you know what? I'm never going to see this woman ever again. So I might as well just tell her. So he says to her as, as he's like, yeah, you know, I don't, don't really have a, a word. I can't think of a word. I'm sorry, but I was praying for you. She's like, that's okay. That's okay. Well, God bless you. She starts walking away, and he says, ma'am, I, 
I can't get away from it. I keep hearing the word. I'm sorry, but I don't want you to laugh. But the word is spaghetti. He said that she immediately turned her full attention towards him. And said that she broke down. Like the weight of the world was just lifted off her shoulder. He said she became so incredibly emotional that tears started streaming down her face. And as she walked up to him, she said, what did you just say? And he says, spaghetti. And she said, oh my gosh. And she grabbed her husband from who he was talking to, pulled him over, and with full tears coming down her face, she's crying. She says, can you please tell my husband what you just said to me? And the husband's like thinking that he said something rude to her probably. I mean, I I don't know. He said, sir, I'm sorry your wife asked me to give her a word that was going to help cure her depression, that God was going to give me a word. He goes, I'm sorry, but the only word I could come up with was spaghetti, so I told her spaghetti. (laughs) Funny thing is, folks, the husband got choked up, and he started bawling. And now these two people that this guy does not know are standing in front of him, bawling because of a weird, crazy word that the only word that could come to his mind when this woman said, God told me that you, (laughs) put you on the spot, are going to give me a word that cures my depression, and now you've got these two people standing in front of you, and they're both bawling their eyes out. Here's what happened. God broke their depression instantaneously. Their tears were not tears of emotional pain, but of tears of joy, tears of happiness. They were laughing and smiling and bawling at the same time. He said that their depression instantly broke and he could visibly see it. And his word of spaghetti seemed to have given them peace. You see, what he didn't know until that moment is they told him that three years prior to that day, And the reason why they were there was because their daughter was in a car accident. And by the fault of the other driver, she was killed. And what they told him was that her favorite meal of all time was spaghetti. It's what the mom would always be asked to cook when the daughter would come over. 
It was spaghetti. And not only was her favorite meal spaghetti, but it happened to be the last meal that she had the day that she was killed. And what happened was that woman who was in a depressive state and her husband for three years since their daughter died, God spoke to her that day and basically told her everything is going to be okay. And God used this man who never knew these people to give them one spoken word. Not even a holy word. Not even a holy name. He gave them one word to speak. And it caused their depression to flee like Jesus casting out demons. It changed their life from that day forward. One word. Spaghetti. I think we need to drink a coffee after that one. You never know what somebody's going through. Now, that's a good story. That's a truthful, real, good story of how God used this person to speak one word, spaghetti, that brought peace and hope and joy to this couple who lost their daughter and their depression ran from them. Now, here's another example. Here's another example of you never know. And this is why we need to be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. Because you never know what somebody else is going through. You never know what one word that God might give you to tell them that might change their life forever. Now we've heard the cliche statements, right? Before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes. Things aren't always as they seem. Don't judge a book by its cover. Those all come from the Bible. The English language is brimming with idioms which caution against hasty judgment. Yet again and again, we trample on one another with our quick wit, astute observation, and lofty, heavy opinions. Social media, too, often serves as a megaphone for snap judgment and the ruination of already hurting people. 
In his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen R. Covey tells the story of how he learned that you never know what someone else is going through. He was riding on a subway one day when the calm and quiet of the car was disrupted by the entrance of a man and his two children. The children were rambunctious, running around, shouting and throwing papers, crying. They created chaos. All the while, their father sat with his eyes closed, oblivious to their behavior. We see this all the time, don't we? Walmart, grocery store. Feeling irritated, Stephen, the one who wrote this book, finally turned to him and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you could control them a little bit more. The man lifted his heavy gaze as if to come to a consciousness of the situation for the very first time, shocked and softly said, oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think. And I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Stephen was mortified at the prior assumption that he'd so confidently made about the silent man on the bus as his children were misbehaving. His perspective shifted promptly and permanently that day. Before we judge another person, we should stop and consider you never know what somebody else might be going through. Now, most of us do not discover how desperate life can seem, how deep the pain can be, how hard one can try, but things still go wrong until suffering finally hits home. Under its terrible weight, we remember others who were vaguely aware of and who, uh, uh, who were vaguely aware of uh, that suffered at one time, but we were too busy, too focused on our own point of view to come alongside and help them. For whatever reason, we could not see them tunnel vision. Nevertheless, listen to them. As I shut in, as I stayed shut in my room for the next 10 days after the loss of their, of his unborn daughter in 2007, he said, I thought with shame how little I understood friends who had suffered a similar loss. Life can be painful and we need to learn to see and listen to others. We need one another. But what we do not need from one another is hasty help that does not stop to look and listen first. Jesus of Nazareth was masterful at stopping, looking, and listening. And I know what you're probably thinking right now, he says. He was God. He had the advantage. Well, you and I were made in God's image. We can be like Christ. We become like those with whom we spend quality and quantity time. 
Spending time with Jesus in prayer and reading the Bible forms his likeness in us. We become more gentle. We become more patient. We slow down to listen and see others before reacting in judgment or in anger. And Jesus understood what was in the heart of every person that he met. He knew what they were going through. The first step in considering what another person is going through is prayer. Pray and ask God to help you understand so that you can do his will and help anybody that needs it. Folks, I hope that today's show spoke to you. I really do. Now I want to play this video for you. And this is how I want you to end your day today. I'm even going to put my headphones on here. Because I want you and I to experience everything together. Ladies and gentlemen, before you go to sleep tonight, listen. Before going to sleep, the last one has the power to renew your hopes. First, Lord, forgive me for everything I did today that doesn't please you. I repent before the Lord. Second, I will not be anxious about tomorrow because I know what the Lord has already done for me. Third, Father, thank you for coming back to my house, to this blessed and enlightened place that is my home. As simple and humble as it may seem, it is the place that will always have its doors open to the Lord. Fourth and final, in peace I lie down and then fall asleep, because the Lord has the power to make me rest in safety and renew my energy. Anxiety no longer has control over me, because in your arms I rest. This is the habit that transformed my nights and has the power to transform yours. If you've made it this far, comment amen to make your nights better and share this video with the third person in your contacts. I love how they say, share this video to the third person. Share it to everybody. Share it to the world. That's what we need to be doing. Sharing it to everybody. And now I've got another video that I saved for you talking about... Uh, talking about belief in faith. Now, yesterday we spoke on faith. Yesterday we spoke about how to examine your faith, how to test yourself and, and report to yourself what your faith looks like. And I think I've got, here we go. I want to talk about being a believer in hell. Because the difference between stepping out on faith like we talked about yesterday and checking your faith gauge uh, and finding out where the reason why we do that is because we don't want to be believers who are not living in the faith in hell. That'd be the worst thing. That's what Satan is. Satan is a believer who's in hell. We don't want to be that. Listen to this. Be a believer in Jesus Christ and actually wind up in hell because you've never come to faith in Jesus Christ. This is extremely common. So again, back to that a challenge at the beginning. Examine yourself to determine whether you are in the faith. Notice, he didn't say examine yourself to determine if you believe or not. In Matthew 13, Jesus is giving the parables about the sower and the seed, and Jesus referenced one of the hearts that are lost, who he says, these are they who believe for a while. 
But when difficulties or persecution or the temptation of riches come, they give up. They go back into the world. They never lost their salvation, friends. They never lost their salvation because they never had salvation. You can be a believer in Jesus. Think about that. They never lost their salvation because they never had salvation. You can be a believer in Christ and still be in hell. You can be a believer in Christ and still be in hell. Just like Satan. Just like the demons. And if you say, I'm nothing like Satan. I'm nothing like the demons. No. Maybe not. But there's a lot of people in hell who aren't like them, who believed like them, but didn't have faith. The faith that's needed. And you're not saved by your works. You're saved by your faith and by what Jesus did. Your works are just, a, are, are just the icing on top of the cake. They just come with by default in being in the faith. You know what I mean? Anyway, folks, I love you. We hit 1,700. We were very, very close today. Thank you for being here on this Rise Up. I apologize for those who couldn't see it again. Make sure your apps are updated. If you can't watch on the app, watch on the, uh, watch on the browser, whatever browser you use. Can't watch that? Watch on Roku. Watch on Fire Stick. Go through LFA TV US one way or another. You'll get to us. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you keep God your priority. Make sure that you are a light for the world. And make sure you always remember, you never know what other people are going through. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next right here on LFA TV, followed by two hours of Live from America. Let's end the show the same way we started. Jesus is in the room. He's right here. See you later, folks. I love you. God bless. Yeah.